Welcome to episode 76 of the Green Healthy Places podcast, in which we discuss the themes of well-being and sustainability in real estate and hospitality today. I'm your host, Matt Morley, and in this episode, I'm in Milan, Italy, but the tables have turned. This time, I'm on the other side of the microphone answering the questions. In front of me is Stefania Lorenzi from the marketing department of the Bolton Group. This recording took place in their Via Perelli offices close to the Stazione Centrale, the central station in Milano, where I've been working with their executive team and project architects on implementing a range of green, healthy office strategies over recent months. The Bolton Group is a family-owned Italian multinational with over 11,000 employees in 60 different offices around the world. The company is present in 150 countries and has over 60 household brands in its portfolio, from household goods to food, adhesives, personal care and beauty care. We discuss the basics of nature-inspired biophilic design, its relationship with sustainability, the benefits of a nature-infused indoor work environment, and some tips on how to integrate a little biophilia into our daily routines at home. So this is just a 15-minute chat, nothing complicated, but hopefully relevant as a basic primer on the key principles I'm working with when creating a green, healthy office building. So thanks to the Bolton Group for sharing the audio. This is a company with a real interest in implementing a healthy building strategy at their company headquarters. It's been a real pleasure working with them thus far. Check them out online at boltongroup.net. Here we go. Enjoy the show. Hi, Waltonians. Welcome to Bolton Beats, our corporate podcast. I'm Stefania Lorenzi, Group Communication Specialist, and I'm here today with a very special guest, Matt Morley, Wellbeing and Sustainability Consultant. And today we met, we will talk about a very interesting topic that is how we can integrate a green and healthy approach to our workspaces. Welcome, Matt. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, everyone. Great to be here. Uh, so, first of all, can you introduce yourself to our audience? Sure, no worries. My name is Matt, Matt Morley. I'm based in Barcelona, Spain. I'm originally from London, studied here in Milan, and then went on to begin my career in real estate in about 2004, working first with real estate developers and hotel groups uh, in a more creative role, then working in-house on a large development uh, on the Adriatic coast in Montenegro. That was another five years of my life. And then slowly began integrating a bit more of my own personal passion and interests around well-being and sustainability in the existing skill set that I had developed in real estate and hotels. The output of that was that I ended up setting up a company of my own called Biophilico that offers wellness design and biophilic design services to real estate developers, landlords, building owners and tenants of buildings as well as hotels. And then that led me in 2022 to set up a second business really called Green Healthy Places that is much more focused on pure consultancy. There I combine sustainable design theory and strategies and healthy building strategies. So in some cases, 
I found with Biophilico, there was a request for us to really design spaces mm -hmm. and to be the creative lead on small projects or spaces within a larger project. And with Green Healthy Places, we would take out all of the creative role and we focus purely on the consultancy piece. Why? Because there are some projects, such as with Bolton Milano, where the architectural team or the client has already chosen their lead mm -hmm. designer. And so in that case, it's me plus a different uh, number two, rather than working with a designer, I then work a, with a, a research assistant. Okay. And we're much more focused on things like um, yeah, researching sustainable materials uh, and other strategies to improve the indoor air quality. And we are advising bringing specialist knowledge to the project, but the architect and interior designer maintains full control. And I'm finding them both, they're slightly different, different brains that I'm using. One's more creative, one's more strategic, but they're both coming from a place or the same value system, mm -hmm. which is really about a belief in the power and importance of a connection to nature, biophilia, and the role of healthy buildings and green buildings in the real estate industry today. So as you said before, um, you were recently involved in the renovation process of our headquarters in Via Pirelli in Milan. Can you tell us a little bit more um, your process, like the choices that you made for our uh, building and in general, what's the reasoning behind uh, your work for, for Bolton? So in projects like this, you know, I have a toolkit or toolbox of okay. things, strategies that I can bring to a project and I know that perhaps not all of them will be relevant or useful but enough of them will be and in this case we're doing an element of biophilia so we're creating uh, green spaces integrating plants into the offices but we're also looking at how we could potentially do something around blue biophilia mm -hmm. so, so the sea the inspired the by the sea yeah. exactly based on the corporate brand and its connection to sea, particularly to fish, the fishing industry. So that allows us to personalize the biophilia specifically to this, this project. We're also looking at healthy building strategies. We've done a lot of work around the indoor air quality. Part of that was based on the quality of the um, filtration system and the ventilation rates in the building. And then my part specifically has been around detailed analysis of all the materials that are going into the furniture, okay. the flooring, basically anything that's mm -hmm. coming into this refurbishment project, we have sort of analyzed and dug into trying to find out if there's anything in there that could be considered even remotely toxic or harmful okay. to the indoor quality air. And we, we then make sure that everything going in is as clean, green and healthy as possible. And that then one of the effects of that beyond minimizing the environmental Im impact of this office refurbishment is also to create a healthy indoor environment. So maximizing the quality of the indoor air so that people spending time in here mm -hmm. know that they are breathing the purest indoor air possible. It's never going to be like being in a forest or sitting on a beach or up a mountain, course, but we can get but, pretty yeah. close. <laughs> With the help of some engineers, uh, we can get pretty close. And so a lot of our focus here 
with the project in Milano has been around that. And we're also looking at a healthy building certification system where okay. we would basically go for a, yeah, a sort of an exam or a, quali- a qualification that then gives a bit more structure to some of the healthy building strategies mm-hmm. and basically helps to push us and do yeah, achieve more uh, around improving the quality of the experience for workers in the building trying to really make it as pleasant and obviously healthy but um, a productive space in which they feel looked after and that they enjoy coming to and obviously that then connects with human resources as well as the sustainability demands of of the corporation itself of course that's super fascinating Uh, I was wondering, can you explain a little bit better to our listeners what biophilic design means? Sure. So it comes from the concept of biophilia, biophilia, love of nature. Mm -hmm. There was a a theory, an academic theory that emerged in the 1980s from a Harvard biologist called Edward O. Wilson. He was the first to really coin the concept. And essentially, it's based on the idea that we have over two million years of evolutionary history when we were completely in contact with the seasons, with the outdoor world. Mm -hmm. We were fully engaged. All of our senses were completely engaged in survival and that meant understanding and reading your environment. It's only very, very recently on that scale, if you think of two million years, the last maybe 5,000 years after the agricultural revolution when we stopped being nomadic tribes and then industrial revolution the last three or 400 years when we've suddenly become this indoor species. Yeah. We're not spending time outside. We're not looking up at the stars except on holiday. We have to go on holiday to spend time That's really <laughs> connected with nature. And so biophilic design is a way to rebalance that mismatch. So basically mm-hmm. our genetic history says we're an animal that should be connected to nature our modern day life is completely disconnected or very often disconnected from nature and so biophilic design attempts to create a bridge between those two worlds attempts to bring the outside world in to create spaces that are more connected visually Mm multi-sensorily connected with nature And are there any measurable um, positive impacts on the well-being of the people involved uh, in a biophilic space? Yes, so there have been plenty of studies, including one I did myself with the University of Essex in 2017 in London. We had 100 respondents in a space that we had completely designed uh, for biophilia. Uh, It was all green, birdsong. Uh, all kinds of aromatherapy in there and invited people in to spend up to 60 minutes during their lunch hour. And the results were very clear. It's primarily around, uh, let's say, productivity and concentration levels. Mm -hmm. So it it is a restorative effect. If you go in, in sort of the early afternoon when perhaps you're feeling a bit tired, these people coming in from offices nearby were able to spend 30 to 60 minutes. They left feeling considerably more energized, Mm -hmm. positive and less stressed. So it tends to be around uh, reducing anxiety, increasing productivity and concentration, and a general sense of well-being, or what we say in English is vitality, okay. which is just that More sense energy. of, yeah, like a purpose, like mm. today's going to be a good day. So if I can give you even just 10% more of that feeling from spending a half hour in a biophilic design space, 
that impact is good for you and ultimately good for the business that has created it's that win-win situation space. for that's the for, plan yeah that's amazing that's at least how i sell it <laughs> and um going more into like the the fun stuff like when you have to plan a space you know an office how do you choose the plants that go in in that space like why is certain species is a yes and why another is a no so if we work on the basis of plants being able to improve the quality of the air so they are air purifying plant species there are really sort of eight to ten of those species that we would work with and strangely if you think about an office here in milan in the winter or an office in barcelona in summer in an indoor environment the temperature is usually about the same Mm-hmm. about 21 yeah. 22 degrees same in your home right now same as someone's home in beijing tomorrow that doesn't change what changes is the availability of certain plants the amount of light exposure that they get in each specific location but we're working with the sort of nasa approved air purifying plants as our baseline and then we're trying to okay. add some more personality so we start on the premise of air purification and then we add in a little bit more of of that own specific personality which comes really from the specific supplier of the plants so while the architect will identify the spaces on the floor plan where i could potentially create a space for biophilia as in putting some plants i'll then take that floor plan and do an initial version of the size of the pots potentially the type or material mm-hmm. of the pot the type of plant to put in there what lighting we have if we need any more or we need to improve the lighting in that space and then in the end it ultimately goes to the local garden center or plant specialist who gets into the real details around okay. exactly how to pair and match and group plants together so it's a collaboration as well with it's very collaborative yeah. and there's a lot of specific knowledge required Wow, I can't wait to see the, the final result of how, you know, the new workspace will look like. Um, so we're about to wrap up our, our episode, but I have one last question for you uh, that I'm very curious about. Um, if you had to give us some tips on how to integrate biophilia in our uh, homes and especially in the places where, where we work uh, when we do remote working, uh, what would you suggest? You can think beyond just plants, although obviously that's the first step. Um, bringing indoor plants into your space is, is a way to effectively decorate in uh, a biophilic style mm-hmm. without actually changing the wallpaper. But you can also do what's called indirect representations of nature. So while plants or even putting out your uh, beautiful organic bunch of beetroot as an okay. almost like an objet d'art, which is what I like to do in my kitchen. I kind of create little mini uh, sculptures with, my, wow. with the, the fruit and vegetables that I bring back. I then have large format prints of natural landscapes on my walls. I have forest aromatherapy going on. So that's usually pine, rosemary, mint mm-hmm. to create a multi-sensory experience. I've got my lights set up with a smart timer. I've got sort of representing sunlight tones and intensities mm. in the morning and then it reduces intensity and goes to a warmer orange color in the evening as if it was sun sunrise yeah, and sunset yeah. and so really i'm kind of trying to recreate as if i was outside in nature in in a forest except i'm in my 
my top floor apartment in Barcelona. So <laughs> it's it's a kind of it's a hack, it's a health hack in a way. Wow. We're trying to to get to the end results, and it's okay to use technology. So the the reality is that it's it can be a combination of the very basic and most natural elements we have being surrounded by plants mm-hmm. and wood and cork and natural materials, linen, cotton in the home, but then also an element of wellness technology. That's yeah. okay too. We're in the 21st century. Nobody's saying it we helps. have to, we're not going back to live in a cave. It's not <laughs> happening. So we take uh, the best of what's available to us and we, we combine high-tech and low-tech. Okay. Wow. So I know what to do tonight. I will <laughs> change my house. There you go. Uh, thank you very much, Matt. Uh, it was full of very insightful um, topics. Thank you for, for being here. Do you have any final comments or suggestions? I do. Yeah. Oh. You know, <laughs> I think the fact that I'm here and the fact that Bolton as a group have incorporated someone who is specifically focused on the well-being of staff in these office spaces and on the environmental impact that the Bolton offices are having. The fact that that is happening, I think, is really important because, you know, this just wasn't happening 10 years ago. And Mm -hmm. for big corporations, it's an important step and it's something that needs to happen across the board over the next decade. And it's slowly, slowly moving in that direction. I just wanted to underline how valuable I think that is yeah. because it, it's not happening everywhere. Bolton have mm-hmm. made that step and it is really, really positive. And I think reflects internally the value system that's driving it, both in terms yeah. of the sustainability values, but also from a human resource perspective. The so, well-being yeah. you know, of the collaborators, yeah. yeah. Thank you very much, Matt, for, for being here today. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in and I'll see you at the next episode of Bolton Beats.